Hey guys, welcome to the Be Different Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Shayla. We are inviting you into our living room to have real conversations about people being different. So come hang out with us. We will talk about real life, everyday stuff, things like marriage, parenting, and why doing life together is always the best option. We'll talk about the good times, the stressful times, and the times that you might feel like giving up. You can learn more about our story at anguishhearts.com. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and welcome to our community. Grab your popcorn and brownies and join us each week. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We are your host. I'm Brian. And I'm Shayla. Hello, Shayla. Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I, th- I feel like it sounds the exact same every week. Well, it should. It it's, should be consistent. It should be consistent. That and mean, It means we're getting more comfortable. Yes, I guess. <laughs> this is episode 12. Woohoo! Welcome back to the podcast. A lot of you probably checked out our podcast last week, and you are back for... Part two. Part two of our story. We're going to get there. We promise. Um, if you are new to our podcast, like if this is your first time to listen to the Be Different podcast, pause it. You got to go back to last week. Yes. And why, Shayla? Yes. Because last week, um, Brian and I started to share our story. Um, our so today will make no sense. Yeah. You you're going to be like, yeah. what so is if, going on? If this so, is your first time. You got to go back. Yeah. Hit pause. Go back. Um, and, and just listen. It's it's a little bit lengthy um, of a podcast, but um, that's our story, right? And it's like we we've said in 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 the past that our story is is gross. It's um, messy, messy, yucky, a lot of hurt. Uh, but um, today we are going to just share with you hope. Um, As Paul Harvey used to say, today will be the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Um, but yeah, if if this is your first time, come back, but go listen to part one. Yeah, you can listen to part two today. That's fine. But you got to go back to listen to part one first. <laughs> yes, yes. If you are joining us again, if you've listened to one of our first 11 episodes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being back. Uh, we are grateful. We've had a great season one of the podcast. Can yeah, you, it, it's kind of weird that we're we're wrapping up season one already. I was thinking about that this week, that when we began this, it, it kind of was a daunting task of, oh my goodness, we have to sit down and record a podcast each week, and what are we going to talk about? And now, looking back, we've done 12 weeks of this. Yeah, it, that th- that's mind-blowing for me, because this, this podcasting is not easy for me, and, no. and starting it was very, it was a challenge for me. It was, this is very uncomfortable, it's very, it's it's weird, it, I, I guess I should it say. It is weird, and, and we talk about inviting you into our living room to have real conversations about people being different, and it is weird, Shayla, because we are looking at each other, which, if we were probably sitting down without a without <laughs> headphones and microphone we probably wouldn't be staring at each other the whole time <laughs> so it's a little bit different but i think it's good it's yeah. i think it's allowed you and i to connect on a little bit different uh, platform yeah which has been fun and uh, hopefully you as a listener have enjoyed uh going along on this journey with us and we're going to continue to do this in season two yep, we've see- got some guests lined up already yep uh, we'll probably have more guests on season two which i'll that's a guarantee we're going to do that for sure yeah and then uh, we have some great ideas and topics and it's just going to keep rolling. Yeah. And season two starts January, January 5th. Yeah. January 5th. So we're going to take a couple of weeks, um, to enjoy Christmas with our family and, uh, we will be back we'll January be back. 5th. We will continue releasing new episodes on Tuesday of each week. That's, that seems to be a pretty good pattern and, uh, we'll keep doing that. 
Uh, speaking of Christmas and this week, do you know what Friday is? Is it Friday? I hope I hope I said that right. Yeah. It's yeah, Friday, right? It's Friday. You yes. know what Friday is, Shayla? What is it? Yes, I do know what Friday is. Friday is our anniversary. 21 years. 21 years. We've talked about that throughout the podcast. If you are new, hopefully by now you've paused it and gone back to listen to episode <laughs> one. But if you're still going, we are married uh, 21 years uh, this Friday, December 18th. Yes, we were married back in the 90s. And... Uh, there's your second warning. Pause right now. Go back <laughs> and listen to, to part one. Uh, and Christmas is a week after that. Yeah. We got married one week before Christmas. And uh, so, so much excitement. Uh, today at church during our, our host team huddle. Host team is our volunteer team that greets people at the curb, at the front doors, uh, inside the lobby. From the street to the seat. That's right. <laughs> and our host team pastor, Kara, was talking about this season of Christmas. And for some, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. And for others, it's not. It's a painful season. And especially yeah. this year because of so much has happened. Uh, we received word today that a good friend of ours lost his father. And four days prior, he lost his mother. His step, yeah, his, his step, stepmother. Yeah, it's been a it's been a difficult week. Um, I know that's happened for a lot of people. It's been a very difficult season, a difficult year. Twenty twenty has been like no other in our lifetime. Yeah, and even for people like your parents who are in their seventies, it's been like no other in their lifetime. Yeah, they've never experienced anything like twenty twenty. Yeah, and so um, we just want to encourage you this next week as we lean into Christmas. Just and uh, again, enjoy the season. Uh, take some time to slow down from life. Uh, get off Amazon, off the app. Stop ordering things. You've got enough gifts already. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if you, some of you are late late shoppers, like I historically can be. Um, but Shay, we talked about that a, a couple of weeks ago during our Advent episode of just like this expectation. Um, you know, Jesus is more than just a baby in a manger. Yeah. I mean, he is the savior of the world that died on a cross. And, and that's a huge part of our story today that you're going to hear. But uh, we just got to slow down a little bit and enjoy Christmas music. Yeah. And we have to slow down and enjoy the Christmas movies, right? Yeah. That are dominating TV right now. Uh, because it only comes around once a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, if, if you didn't listen to the Advent, um, podcast, go back and listen to it again. I think, um, we are all in a season of, of waiting, a season of, of anticipation and, and, you know, for some it might be, um, you know, we have a good friend that this week she's going to, to find out, um, some test results for, um, a biopsy that she had and, you know, just, just stop in, in the, the moments that we all have and, and be praying for each other, right? In, in the season of, of waiting, um, we're all waiting for something. And, and again, just, you know, I, I think about Christmas, the, the birth of Jesus and the anticipation that Mary and Joseph had, right? Um, they didn't have a normal birth story, um, no, Mary was had to defend herself and y- figure out, you know, people were like, Why, how are you pregnant? Yeah. You're not married. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would have to assume the, um, the place that Jesus was born wasn't, uh, sterile <laughs> and, and perfect. And, and you mean it, it wasn't the, uh, the nice manger scenes that we see. Probably quite often? not. No, no. Probably not. So, um, I, again, I just think that we're, we're all going through 
through something. We're all going through seasons. We're all waiting, um, you know, the anticipation of, of the birth of Jesus that, you know, think back, Brian, if we lived in those times, the anticipation of Jesus being born, right? Um, and now we are anticipating um, his return. His return. We're, t- we're anticipating uh, something big. Yeah, to happen. Right. And, 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 and for some of us, we're in a season of waiting and it's been a season of waiting for a long time. Yeah. And we have to be content in the waiting. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just, again, this morning being back in church, uh, just encouraged by the worship and, and the message, uh, we promise we're telling our church story at some points, not today, but we're going to tell in season two, we'll, we're going to share our church story and in, in some of the ups and downs that we've struggled in our marriage with, with trying to find a church and, is church even important and does church matter? And I mean, all of those questions that, that you've probably had, we've had. And so we're going to talk about that in season two. Uh, but Shayla, today to be back in church was so great to be around our church family and to, to build those relationships. And uh, it's been a trying couple weeks for us. I, I know we kind of hit on it a little bit last week. We didn't go into a lot of detail, but uh, we're finally out of quarantine. Thank uh, we can kind of tell the world <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, a little bit of a shock. I woke up to run and uh, couldn't taste my breakfast, my toast and, and peanut butter. So I tested positive that afternoon and we had to do some waiting uh, to to make sure I was going to be okay through that. And, and um, I'm fine now. I tested negative a week after, but uh, it's been, uh, it was good to get out today, wasn't it? Yes. We went out to lunch afterwards. It was like freedom yes. finally, but yes. uh, you, the kids and, and you some crazy way didn't get COVID. Nope. No, uh, but I got it and uh, had some pretty uh, had some extreme fatigue for a while. Uh, had a sore sore throat, extreme sore throat for a few days, and uh, just now finally getting my taste buds back <laughs> about fifty percent after two weeks. So That's probably the most frustrating. Quarantine for you wasn't as long as it has been for the kids. No, I was. Or I had some freedom before you guys did. But the most frustrating thing I think for you is is just the no taste and smell that like, and the like the COVID brain we talked about that I I think I don't even know if I was really coherent last podcast <laughs> I, today I feel much better I have much more energy today so that's good so if you care um I'm back back to 100% not that you cared before because we didn't tell you before <laughs> but now you know I have and if you're in COVID hey hang in there yeah and if you know people that are going through it it's a real thing uh you know we're not going to talk about too much politics or science on the show on our podcast but it's a real thing, and uh, just wear your mask. Like, that's the biggest thing. We just got to keep this thing from spreading like yeah. crazy. Um, all right, back to Christmas, and then we're going to jump into our story. We promise we're getting there, but I want to talk about two things, Shayla, before we jump into the story. One is uh, that devotion that you have right there next to you. Yes. Uh, we didn't talk about this during our Advent episode, um, but we have been doing a devotion with the kids now for, uh, gosh. Um, it's probably been six years. It's at least that long. Yeah. At least that long. Uh, Shayla, what's the name of that on the front? Um, it is called A Meaningful Christmas, A 24-Day Family Devotional. You want to give them, give our listener a little bit of a brief backstory on that devotion? Yeah, so um, I was, at, at the time that um, I received this um, devotional, I was in a, a women's group. There was a, there was a whole bunch of women that were together Um the way I learned about it was our small group that we were a part of, um, joined up with another small group. And, um, what we did was we, um, created, we, 
Um, well, well, we, you we create, they, I think the devotion create, creates everything I mean, as far as like the ideas, right? Well, but, but what I was getting at is, is, yeah, each day it has, you know, I mean, day one is alpha and omega. But what this whole devotion was about is, is we got to um, make ornaments for, for each yeah, day for of the all week. 24 so days. there was there was 24 women that that came together and um you know the the kids love finding the ornaments for day 1, day 2, day 3. But um, this devotion like gave you the instructions on how to create each ornament, each right? Ornament, and then you yes. guys went out and bought the material. Yep. And and then you made 24 of the same the, the same one. So I had a, an angel. I had to make an angel and I had to get real creative and, on. And, and people listening, <laughs> I love Shayla like, more than anybody else in this entire world. And I mean that. But she is, you are not very crafty. Uh, not at all. Do you, not give you me a craft. G- give you a task and you'll do it. Yeah. But you are not like. I can't think outside the box that way. And but like going to Hobby Lobby and spending four hours to create a project is not no not your no not your wheelhouse if i go to hobby lobby i'm going in on a mission i grab my item i use my shop like a guy i i use my 40 percent off coupon and then i leave but anyways i had to make an angel and i I remember getting creative and and making this angel so i made 24 angels and then we all came together and had um like a wonderful meal and then we shared our ornaments and um we we got our devotional book and i I remember coming home and starting our our kids at the time were tiny i mean Kason had was uh, probably six months old i don't even remember Kason's um, eight now yeah so well yeah that's probably yeah, has six, it been seven, that i don't know it's been a while yeah anyways um and, and each year the kids look forward to doing this devotion and and it's short um and this year the kids are reading them yeah and, and i guess the reason we're sharing this with you today is if you have young kids at home and you are looking for something to do around christmas we have loved this devotion. Yeah. Again, it's called A Meaningful Christmas, A 24-Day Family Devotion. And it was uh, created by moms, I think, right? Yeah. Like it tells, gives you a little bit of brief. But it's a, it's it's a spiral-bound devotion. Uh, the kids love the ornaments. They take turns reading the devotion each day. There's a couple questions. Uh, this isn't a huge uh, theological <laughs> devotion, but it's great for a family. Yeah. And it, it's, again, it's building traditions around Christmas. And, and the great thing for us is our kids are getting older. We're having really in-depth conversations around who Jesus was, who Jesus is. Yeah. And, and, and again, we're just discipling our kids. And, and it's so important as, as we do that as a family. Um, so the kids have their own faith. We yeah. talked about that this last week of, of them developing their own faith. And again, add that, Shayla, list to our list of future podcasts. We will talk about that at some point about really instilling your faith in your kids. But uh, again, just wanted to share that with you. And then the other thing I want to talk about, Shayla, is our Christmas tree. And I know we're going to get to our story. I know you're hanging on there, but I want to share just a quick story about our Christmas tree. Yes. We have we determined that we bought our Christmas tree 19 years ago. 19 correct? long years ago, yes. So January of 02, is that right? We moved to Kansas City in January of 01. Yep. And then we bought a real Christmas tree, our first Christmas in our in our new home, yes. our tiny little house. We bought a real tree, which was a disaster. Yeah, we couldn't get it to stay up, and our cats were jumping in it. And and then you decided to cut. I the was trying to. I was trying <laughs> to. Base on well, it I was off. trying to get it flat. And then we had like we a lifted it up, and the Charlie six and Brown foot, yeah, Christmas the six and a half foot tree <laughs> turned into a five and a half foot five and a half foot Christmas tree, and yeah, it was classic like one year marriage horror story trying to decorate for Christmas. So we went out and we bought a post Christmas sale 
Christmas tree. Yeah. At Kmart. Kmart. Yep. For all of you listeners, you, for some of you, you remember Kmart. And Kmart isn't really wasn't really high end like retail. It was kind of like lower. Lower. Let's, I mean, let's just yeah. Be I mean, quality, yeah. right? Yeah, but, lower quality. But we so. we lived like a mile from a Kmart, so we're like, hey, let's go check it out. And it was snowing that day, and and you guys, they had like this seven foot pre lit Christmas tree that was cheap. You're dirt cheap. I mean, like less than a hundred bucks. Oh, I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Super cheap. I think it was like. 80% off to be honest like it was yeah it wasn't like December 26th no. it was yeah it was it was into the new year but yeah we bought this tree and we didn't have an SUV we did I don't know why we didn't drive it but we had a, a car and we put it out the back <laughs> door and then we had to leave the door open and we drove home I sat on the box I sat on the Christmas tree the box door, and then I held, held the, the door. door yeah so we get the tree home and, and every year you guys, it has been, I mean, it is beautiful. We get so many, so many comments over the years of, wow, your tree is so pretty. It's so full. It's, it's so, I just, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and so every year, especially the last five years, we get it out of the box, we set it up and we're hoping that it works. Yes. And every year over the last five years, there's been a little more lights out and, and we went through all the extra lights that they had and, and then that came with the tree and. And this year we turned it on and it was not pretty. Yeah. I think there was maybe a half of of a strand. Section, I, yeah, I sections were out and yeah. you could tell lights were, were burnt out and, and we had a choice. Well, and, and on the box, it, I, I even looked, I was like, I wonder how many lights this tree even has. And it, you know, in, in big, bold letters, it says over 1,000 lights. I'm like, oh. Here we go. What are we going to do? We have we have over half. Well, definitely over half of them were burned out, but we had a bigger problem. Well, they were out. We don't, we don't they, they weren't burned out, but we knew they were out. Well, I would say half of them were out over the years, but we yeah. had a bigger problem. We had big sections, sections out. that were completely out. And so we knew out. that that somewhere there were lights that were burned out that what that that was not allowing the current to go through to the next light. So we had a choice. We could have a bought a new tree, which Initially, it was like, we're just going to get a new tree. Until I realized how expensive they were. Or B, did I say one? Yeah, I said A. Number next. Uh, number next. Option A, option one. <laughs> <laughs> option A was to buy a new tree. Option B was to roll up our sleeves and let's let's see if we can get this thing up and running. So what do you do? You go to Amazon and you search, you know, Christmas bulbs. And I bought like, was it like 400 bulbs or I don't even know, 500? I mean, it was a lot for it like lot. $12. Of course, get to their next day, and we hadn't put any ornaments on yet because we wanted to make sure we could get this tree working. And we spent a, a couple hours on a Saturday and all afternoon on a Sunday watching the Chiefs just going bulb by bulb and getting these sections one by one. And and we got it. We we got it. It was hard work. We in in all the lights. We got the lights working again, and we decorated it. Uh, we'll post a picture on our Insta stories for you guys to check out, but. Uh, that tree looked brand new by the time yeah. we had rolled up our sleeves. Um, and, and we knew it was a daunting task, right? I mean, we knew that it, this, I mean, when we knew it, it may not work. I mean, the tree's 19 years old. We shoved it in a box for 18 years. Smashed it together. Smashed it together. Retaped it. Rolled the box around <laughs> our living room to, to get tape around it. And, and you know, it. it, it was worth the challenge, right? I mean, we had two options, like you said, Brian, and... And isn't that just a, a a classic lesson for us in life in general, Brian? Because sometimes it's easier, right, 
to just get something new. Well, the, the easy, the easier thing to do is to get something new. Yes and no, but the rewarding thing. But Shayla, we live in a in a world that we recycle everything. I know. Our but cell phone gets old. We we go get a new one. Our car gets a you know fifty thousand miles on it. Well, we start thinking about getting a new one. Gets a hundred thousand miles. We for sure are going to get a new one. Our house, you know, we lived in our house for five or ten years. We start, we should probably look at getting a new house. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that's the society we live I in. I know, I know. But there's there was so much re- reward when we. <laughs> When we plug that Christmas tree in with all of the lights working, you know, it, it, it was worth the time. It was worth the effort, um, for, for the end reward. Again, it was hard, but so rewarding. The point of our story to share that with you today is what exactly what you just said, Shayla. The reward was worth the hard work. Yeah. If we would have thrown the tree away and got a new one. All of those memories, all of the years of enjoying that tree would have been gone. And we would have had to start over with something new. Mm -hmm. But instead, put in the hard work, the tree lights up, and we can still laugh about driving from Kmart a mile away, hauling that tree. And every year, next year, we'll remember the same story. We'll talk about the same story. We'll tell the kids the story, bringing that Christmas tree home. In your marriage, you have to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. Marriage isn't desi- designed to be recycled. When it doesn't look as pretty, when some of the lights aren't lit up, when it seems like it's easier to just get a new one, it's not. It's worth the hard work. And so as we share our part two of our story today, you're going to hear some hard work that we put in to have the marriage that we have today. And Shay, I can't imagine life without you. I can't imagine not putting in the work, putting in those light bulbs in our marriage to make it work today. Hmm. Because the reality is we would we would probably be with somebody else. Yeah. We wouldn't be sharing our story in a podcast. Our marriage would have been a distant memory. And we always would have thought, well, what if? What if we would have rolled up our sleeves, got some new light bulbs, and fixed the burnout bulbs? Hmm. But instead... We're here. We're here. And uh, today is part two. We ended part one last week with a very powerful phrase. And so let's pick up with what you shared with the listener last week. All right. So I ended last week's podcast with, um, you know, I, I, I made a phone call that no wife should ever, ever have to make. I... You know, I I shared on that podcast that I I did hours upon hours upon hours of just investigating, you know, phone records, um, emails, whatever it was that I I was fixated on. And and I said, if you if you search long and hard enough, you will find your answers. And the phone call that I made, um, I, I I remember that day I. It took all of the, all of the energy that I, that I, I could to, to dial this phone number and the lady on the other end of the line confirmed my, my worst nightmare and, um, 
the lady that I, I was speaking to was the lady that my husband was having an affair with. And I remember being completely crushed, devastated. Um, I, I made that phone call from work because it was something that I, I, I just couldn't let go of. And, it, and I, re, I remember hanging up the phone with this lady thinking, I am so stupid. Almost six months ago, I was in a lawyer's office filing for divorce. I'm so stupid for trusting Brian. I'm so stupid for having compassion during one of the hardest times in Brian's life. And I remember driving home that morning to confront Brian. And, and I remember thinking on my way to the house, this time I don't want anything. I, I don't want the house. I don't want the cars. I don't want the boat. I, I, all I want is a few items of, of my own. And, and I want out. I remember thinking, I, I, I remember thinking and feeling that I was just stupid for even trusting that our marriage was okay. And, and again, looking, looking back during that time, we were in a healthy place, Brian. And yeah, we talked last week about my travel and, and when I was gone, I was still acting like a fool, kind of like, you know, like I had been in, in the, the year before Yeah. when we, when we got to the point of, I don't love you. I don't want to be married to you. I, I want out. But as my grandmother got sick, we talked about that last week and we were going back and forth quite a bit to see her, you know, I've got this, this internal battle of being this great, this great husband, this great grandson, this, you know, sales guy out on the road. Like it was just, it was just this, this internal battle of, of good versus evil. And, and, but like you said, it looked, it looked like we were in a healthy place. Yeah. But like you, but you always say s- things just didn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. And I remember opening the garage door and, and busting through that door and, and the look on your face was, um, of shock, right? You're thinking, why is it a Monday morning and you're home? And I knew, and I, I was, I could tell, I, I, I remember, <laughs> I didn't physically want to hurt you, but I kind of did. Um, and more than anything, I, I, I wanted out. I wanted away. I wanted to run far away from you. I never wanted to see you again. I never wanted to talk to you again. Um, you can have it all. Well, I knew when you walked in that you knew because I could see the pain in your eyes. Mm. I have only seen that pain twice. And we're going to get to both of them on today's podcast. One was when you walked in, like you said, Monday morning, 
A, it's Monday. You shouldn't be coming home on a Monday morning, mid-morning. And B, the look of devastation in a broken heart. I knew. I knew right away. There was no more running from it. There was no more denying it. There was no more compartmentalizing what I had been compartmentalizing for months. Mm -hmm. And you can only run so long until it catches up with you. Some people run for their entire life. I had been running for so long and it had caught up to me. And of course, you know, at that point I admitted what was going on and, and you were done. You, you were done. You're, you're, you said, I'm leaving you. Just had some choice words for me and you grabbed your cell phone and you told, you handed it to me and you said, you call dad. And as we shared last week, my biological father was gone at five. My stepdad was gone at 18. When we got married in that small church in Western Kansas, I asked your dad on December 18th, 1999, can I call you dad? And he said, of course you can. And from that moment, he always called me his son. I called him dad. We had a, we had a very unique father-in-law, son-in-law relationship. Yeah. More so than any other that I've ever been around. Other, you know, friends have had father-in-laws. And uh, you said, you tell dad. And I couldn't because the, the disappointment, the, I had let him down. I had made a promise to him and your mom that I would take care of you. And I, I didn't do that. And so you said, Hey dad, I, everything's true. All my fears are true. I, I got my answers and you were gone. You were going to leave. Yeah. And, uh, I stopped you before you left. And I said, Hey, Hey Shayla, before you leave, I need to tell you one more thing. What, what was going through your head at that point? I thought, what, what more could you possibly say at this point? Um, I was done. I, I, I had made the, the decision, the choice. I, I was done. Um, and I, I didn't care what you had to say. I, you know, and I remember thinking, oh, he, you know, he's going to tell me something else. He's going to tell me that, you know, it wasn't just with one woman. It's been with multiple women. I mean, I, I, I remember thinking, but I don't care. Like, whatever you have to say, yeah. I don't care. And the reason I told you that is, is I heard a voice in my head and it said, you have to tell her. And I was, and I heard it and I ignored it and I heard it again. You have to tell her. And I ignored it. And Shayla, I heard it a third time. And, and this is the third time. This is what I heard. I heard you have to tell her because if you don't tell her in this moment, you will die with this secret. Like I heard that word for word, had no idea what the voice was. I just heard this voice in my head say those words. And I said, hey, before you leave, I got one more thing to tell you. And uh, one thing we didn't share last week, uh, when I was in seventh grade, there was a, a local college in my, my hometown. There was a, uh, a local basketball player that, um, he was from Ohio. His name was Jonathan. And he kind of took me under his wing. It, it, I was like his little brother. He was my big brother. Uh, he really filled a role that I didn't have. Well, and, and your love for basketball. Well, yeah. And, and, you, and, you loved basketball yeah. and that was your, your connection. Well, absolutely. I was yeah. 12 years old and, you know, somebody who's 21 years old that 
is kind of a, a hero in your hometown because he, he was a, a college basketball player. It was, it was a, it was yeah somebody I looked up to Shayla and, and it, it filled a void. My my stepdad was around, but he worked a ton. It, I just didn't have. I had for so long. I was, I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always say that even from the age of five, I had to grow up really quick, and I always felt like I was kind of the man of the house, even though I was five six years old, and, and it was somebody that that. I could look up to instead of everybody looking up to me I could look up to them and uh my my mom and stepdad uh, had him live at our house his senior year so we could afford to go to college he was uh, you know it's a private private college it was pretty expensive to go to and, and in order for him to to stay in school they they opened up our home to let him live there and after my eighth grade year I was 14 he we received word that he died in a car accident and uh you know, you knew about that. I mean, I'd shared that with you and, and I just said, Hey, remember Jonathan? And you said, well, yeah, I remember he, you know, died when you were 14 years old. I said, well, yeah, he did. I said, but when he died, I was relieved. And you looked at me like confused. Well, yeah. What are you talking about? Like if you love this guy or cared for this guy so much and he died, why, why would, why would you be relieved? And, and I'd shared with you Shayla that from the ages of ages of 12 to 14, Jonathan sexually abused me. And Shayla, I had held on to that for 17 years. That secret. When that voice in my head said, if you don't tell her in this moment, you will die with this secret. I mean, that, that woke me up. Right. I, I had from the ages of 12 to 29, I had kept that inside Shayla. And I physically got sick. Remember you had remember you had to grab a trash can mm-hmm. for me. And you looked at me. Well, first of all, let me ask you let me ask you that when I when I said that, I mean, you thought you knew me. We were we were we were getting ready to se- celebrate our seven year anniversary. Yeah. We've been together for eight years. You think you know somebody, right? I mean, that's a pretty big statement to share with you. First of all, sexual abuse is something nobody wants to talk about. No. What was going on in your head? You know, I, I, it, it clicked. And, you know, for me, it wasn't in that moment. I, I knew I was not going. Did you believe me? I believed you. Yes. Um, and, and, and the reason why I, I believed you was because those nights, when when you would be drunk and you would say the words, if you really knew who I am, or if you really knew me, it 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 made sense. And uh, I want to just I just want to jump in. I didn't tell you because I wanted you to feel sorry for me. Again, it was. It was that voice of, if you don't tell her, you will die with this secret. I knew it was my only chance to ever tell anyone. Hmm. And those, we talked last week about those nights that you would hope I would just get drunk and pass out. Yeah. I was never physically abusive to you. But the verbal abuse that I put you through, the life of the party at the bar and then we come home and the emotion, the tears, the sadness, the anger, mm-hmm. the hurt, the screaming at you. If you truly knew who I was, you wouldn't love me. Yeah. 
sorry for all of that. And I'm grateful I told you, <laughs> I'm grateful I told you in that moment because I, again, that was a defining moment for us. Yeah. And Brent, I, I remember, um, again, I think it, it's the second time that I, I shared or I shared, I showed compassion for you. Right. And, and I remember looking at you and saying, Brian, you have got to get help. I mean, we, we went through the marriage counseling. We went through the motions of going through marriage counseling. Um, and and at, at this point I said, Brian, this is, this is not about a marriage. Um, our marriage is over. I was very bold about letting you know the marriage was over, but I remember telling you, I will help you get help as your friend, not as your wife but as your friend and uh, and you said, but you have got to get help, but you have got to get help. Um, I, I knew that this was, this was more than a marriage problem. This was more than oh, anything. Yeah. I mean, that, again, it was back to like those years of yeah. using that. And like you said, it, it all made sense. It finally like it clicked. clicked. Yeah. It this clicked wasn't about me. an affair at that moment. This wasn't about a drinking problem. It was the secret that was haunting you for, for that many years. And you turned around and you, you slammed the door and you were gone. And I left. And when a door slams that is never going to open again, it sounds different when it closes. But before we move on, I, I just want to address that listener that's been through the hell of sexual abuse. Again, I, I kept that secret Shayla for 17 mm. long, painful years. This is somebody who lived in our home, Shayla. This was somebody who I called a big brother. This is somebody who you trusted. I trusted even in the middle of the pain because he had something I needed. I needed somebody to love me. I needed somebody to care for me. My love language is words of affirmation. I need somebody to say that they were proud of me. And he gave me all those things. But unfortunately, he had needs as well mm -hmm. that were very, very dark. And as a 12-year-old baby, right? Yeah. I mean, a child. We have, a, we have an 11-year-old. She's a child, innocent. He robbed me of so many things. Yeah. I mean, we could spend an hour in, in, if we can pray through it, we may spend an hour at one point talking about this. this is a very difficult topic for me. But he robbed me of my innocence. And for the listener who has been through that, I want to say two things to you. I'm sorry. And it was not your fault. I'm going to say it again because I need you to hear this. I'm sorry it happened to you. And it was not your fault. I mean, the reality is, Shayla, the monster lived in our home. And when he would come home at night, whether it was after basketball practice or school or a game, and that front door opened and I was in my room, I knew I had 30 seconds when I heard the footsteps on the, 
the footsteps going down the stairs. He was either going to his room or mine. And again, I, I can go back to that moment in a second. Hmm. And um, when he died, it was gone. It was over. But I still held on to that secret. And some of you may be listening and going, well, why didn't you tell someone? That's what happens when you are an abuse victim. The, the person who is abusing, whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, they have power. Mm-hmm. And they know how to use their power to keep you quiet. And so here's what I want to tell you. If you have been abused, if you are in, a, in an abusive relationship now, tell someone message us tell your spouse I promise you your husband or your wife will still love you and again we could we could talk for an hour on this Shayla because I'm so passionate about it and releasing people of that bondage of going through the abuse and I just want them I just want you the listener to know it was not your fault it was not your fault that door slammed and you left I don't know how I did it, but I I went back to work that day and I remember thinking, you know, everything was spinning 90 miles per hour in my brain and thinking, okay, just a few, I think it was a a few days shy of six months ago, I filed for divorce. I put those divorce papers on hold for six months and here I am facing the the reality of reinstating those papers right let's get the ball rolling let's get these papers signed and went on with my week I had I moved out I had grabbed a few clothes and um no communication with you at all I I did communicate I remember to tell you that I was coming back to the house um that next weekend to move my stuff out well, and surprise, I had I had a fishing trip scheduled. Yeah, so perfect already. Timing. I mean, we perfect talked timing. before that on part one of our story. That was my pattern: travel for work, come home, fishing trip. I, I already had a trip planned even before all this went down. Yeah, I was going to be gone. And I remember my my mom and dad had said we're we're going to come up to Kansas City and we're going to help you move your stuff out of the house and. Um, you know, I was staying with a friend at the time she um, so graciously opened up her home um, to me. And uh, feeling homeless, right? It it wasn't my bed that I was sleeping in. It was somebody else's bed. It it wasn't your choice. It wasn't my choice. It was your choice to leave, which, yeah, but it wasn't your choice to be, to be in the position that I was in. And um, a lot of anger. I remember I spent, I spent that week, um, very bitter, hurt. Um, I, I'm pretty sure if anybody knew Brian, I let them know how much of a dirtbag you were. Um, I, I spent my, my energy making sure that everybody knew what you had done. Um, and, and that I had left you because I wanted my side of the story out first. And, um, well, there, w- there wasn't much to my side of the story. No. Of- oftentimes, when an affair happens, the person who caused the affair does try to justify. 
Yes. But I was not, that wasn't my, that wasn't my motive. No. Because I knew that I was in the wrong. Yeah. So I, I remember that week, you know, left you on a Monday. I, I remember that week just spinning my wheels, trying to figure out what, what the next day looked like. But it was a little bit different for you, Brian, because... Well, my yeah, my week was completely different than yours. And, and what's so crazy to think back, Shayla, like we both have a side to our story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we have shared our story enough that we, we could say each other's side. Yeah. But we each were going, we were going through completely different emotions. Yeah. You were hurt, completely angry. I was full of shame and disbelief. Like, I can't believe I have allowed myself to get here. Again, December 18th, 1999, my thought wasn't, hey, hopefully in six and a half years from now, I'm in the middle of an affair. Like, that wasn't the plan. And here I was in October of 2006, almost seven years to, to our seven-year anniversary, and I found myself a cheater. Somebody who stepped out on a marriage, somebody who, whose marriage was over. And so what does an, what does an alcoholic do when, when you go through difficult times? But I began drinking that as soon as you left, I made a couple phone calls. Uh, one was to the woman to end it in that moment, like as soon as you left and two, um, it's a couple other phone calls of like, Hey, you know, I've been doing this. Um, marriage is probably going to be over. And then I began to drink and I drank the rest of the day all afternoon. And I got a phone call that changed my life, but I looked at my phone and it said, dad. And again, dad on my phone is your dad my father-in-law I didn't answer the phone I'm, I, I, why would I answer the, why would I answer a phone from my father-in-law when I'm in the middle of an affair but I let it go to voicemail and this voicemail changed my life and changed the uh, trajectory of our marriage and, and Shay, the, the voicemail said this it said Brian you broke my heart and you broke my daughter's heart but I love you you are my son, and if there's ever anything in life that you need, I'll be there for you. And, and he hung up. I mean, even right now, I mean, you're just shaking your head. You've heard, I mean, we've, we've shared this thousands of times, and it's still hard to believe that your dad left that message for me. Yeah. The most father-in-laws would have picked up the phone, called their son-in-law, and... Ripped him. Yeah, chewed, chewed him out, cussed him out. I never want you, I never want you to speak to my daughter. I mean, just who knows what most father-in-laws would have done. And I'm, I'll just ask the question for, to the listener. If you are a dad and you have a daughter, would you do that? I, would, would I do that in 15 years from now and when Addie's 26? Mm. I, I don't know. But I know that your dad did. And I, I didn't call him back because I was drunk. But the next morning when I woke up with a, with a hangover, I tried to work. I remember thinking, sitting on our couch with, our lap, with my laptop, Shayla, and, and the tears just, just streaming down my face. And you, know, you know, Shayla, when, you're, when you cry, like it's not that uncontrollable, like I can't catch my breath cry, but just the giant tears that fill your eyes and just drip after drip. Mm. That was, 
the sadness that I was in. And I didn't have anybody to turn to except your dad, my dad. So I pick up the phone and I call dad and I was like, Hey dad, it's Brian. I, you know, you left me a message last night, yesterday. You said, if I ever need anything in life that you would be there for me and I need you today. And Shay, this is like 15 hours after that voicemail. And I love having a conversation with your dad now about it because he, I said, did, did you think I'd call you back? And he said, I didn't know. He goes, I, I honestly didn't think you would. But 15 hours later, Shay, I called him and I had shared with him just the sadness that I was in. And, and one thing I shared with him, Shay, I said, dad, I'm, I'm scared of hell, not scared as hell. I'm scared of hell. And well, he said, well, what do you mean? And what I meant by that is when grandma passed away just two months earlier in August, you know, I spent the last week, week and a half of her life with her in her farm, in her farmhouse, same farmhouse that I grew up in and eating her chocolate chip cookies that she would make for me without chocolate chips. You know, all those, all those memories I have watching her die a little bit each day. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, grandma has lived a pure life. You know, I don't remember her really ever getting angry with me or my cousins. I don't remember her using foul language. She didn't smoke. She didn't drink. I just remember thinking what a pure life she lived. And I knew that, that she was a, a, a believer that, 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 uh, she was a Christian and, and, that when she took her last breath, she would be in heaven. And I knew that I wouldn't be. And as they wheeled her out of the farmhouse, after she had passed, I, I was, I mean, it was just emotional and, and, and sobbing. And, and, and yeah, I was sad because I would miss her, you know, just her presence and, and miss her being at the farm. And, but, but Shayla, really a lot of those tears were tears of fear hmm. of just, I will never see her again. Yeah. Eternally. And here's the thing. Like I believed in, I believed in God. Like I believed that God created everything. I, I probably would have told you I believed in Jesus too. Like, oh yeah, Jesus was born in a manger and died on a cross. And that's why we celebrate Christmas and Easter. And, and yeah, he, he died for people and you go to heaven. And, but here's the thing. I thought like my whole thing was good people go to heaven. Hey, if you, if you're a good enough person, you're going to go to heaven. And, and here's the thing. If you would have known me then you'd have been like, Oh, oh Brian Moffat, he's charming. He's a nice guy. Like, you know, I open doors for old ladies, at grocery store, you know, all those things, but I wasn't living as a good person. So that again, back to that spiritual battle shale of like, of like, Oh, I'm a loving grandson and I'm a husband, but I was also in the middle of an affair the same at the same time. Yeah. And so I had this fear of hell of like, oh, I'm, like I would have said, like, I'm a Christian. Well, by what definition? Because I grew up in a small Midwestern town in Kansas. And that's all you, you go to church and you just call yourself a Christian. I mean, think about that. Like, how many people say, oh, I'm a Christian? Well, compared to what? What's the, what's the alternative? Atheist? You know, it's yeah. like, like a resume, like white, Caucasian, male, Christian. Like, oh, it's better than saying I'm a atheist. Yeah. Right. And so 
like that was that was where i was at spiritually it was like oh my goodness the reality of hell is a real thing and 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 i was cheating on my wife and i, I knew enough about christianity that knew that there was like a, this massive list of 10 rules like 10 commandments i knew that adultery was on that list somewhere and short of murder i knew that i had broken every one of those commandments and in my mind i'm like oh adultery is a like that's that's it that's one of them on the 10 like i I can't come back from this and that was where that fear of hell came from and so i shared that with dad and he said oh my goodness brian i'm that is like that breaks my heart and he said do you have a bible there and i said well i have a bible but i gotta brush the dust off of it (laughs) it was a bible that you and i had received when we got married as a wedding gift right yeah and Actually, I think I bought it for you or us. I think I got it, which again, I there's guess some, <laughs> there's some, yeah, irony, irony in, in it. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it was like, oh, we need a Bible in our home. We're going to be married. We need a Bible. Yeah. It even had her name on it, Brian and Shayla Moffat. But I had to dust, dust it off, right? It was on the night, in the nightstand. And, and he said, do you have a Bible? I said, yeah. He goes, well, open to Psalm 52. And I, and I read Psalm 52 and, and, and it means nothing. Like it might've, might as well have been a different language. And I read it, and, it, and I, I'm like, okay, well, great, cool. Like, doesn't really mean anything to me. Well, on the opposite page of Psalm 52 was Psalm 55. And I start to read it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, Dad, Psalm 55 is me. Like, that is my story. Well, I didn't know this at the time, but he meant he wanted me to read Psalm 51, <laughs> which is a story about David and Bathsheba. Uh, David had an affair with Bathsheba, and the whole psalm is about how God forgave him and David was seeking forgiveness. And, and, you know, David is like, I mean, the Jesus came from David's bloodline, right? I mean, David is like one of those heroes in the Bible. And the whole point was dad wanted me to, wanted me to see like, Hey, if, if King David can be forgiven, so can you, well, he gave me the wrong verse. And I don't think your, has your dad ever misquoted scripture? No, I think that was like the one time God, like, gave him a you know hey you're gonna misquote this on purpose because when i read psalm 55 it says this the first four verses says listen to my prayer O god do not ignore my plea hear me and answer me my thoughts trouble me and i am distraught because of what my enemy is saying because of the threats of the wicked for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger shayla psalm 55 4 says this my heart is in anguish within me the terrors of death have fallen on me. Psalm 55, four says my heart is in anguish within me and the terrors of death have fallen on me. So here I am, Shay, like literally scared of hell. And I read that verse for the first time and I'm like, oh my goodness, like the pages like came off, the words came off the page and he just, dad had just shared, hey, we're going to move Shay out of the house this weekend. Are you going to be around? And I said, well, I'm going to go on a fishing trip, but I'll be back Sunday. And he goes, well, if, if, you would like to I, I would like to get together I'll stay extra we're going to move her out Friday and Saturday I'll stay an extra night and then we can get together Sunday night when you get back and and you might be listening and thinking why in the world would you want to see your father-in-law in the middle of an affair I mean that sounds like a royal rumble <laughs> <laughs> it's like a recipe for disaster but the reality is this Shale, I long to see my daddy yeah right I was that five-year-old little boy whose whose dad said I don't want you I was that 18 year old whose stepdad was gone right I 
I, I was a five-year-old little boy who just wanted his dad to hold him. And so that's why I agreed to, to meet up with your dad. I was so angry when, <laughs> when my dad told me that he was staying an extra, an extra night to spend Sunday with you. I, remember, I, can, only yeah, I can only imagine how, what you were going through. I, I mean, uh, pure anger. I mean, I, one, I was, <laughs> I was furious because of what you and I were going through, but yeah, a, a line was drawn in the sand. Absolutely. And, and I, it, it was a second time in one week that, that I was absolutely crushed and hurt by, by a, a man, right? The, the first one was you. And then the second one was my dad. And, you know, I, I, I was the victim. I was the one hurting. I wasn't the one that stepped out of the marriage. Yeah, and, you didn't, you're not the one that chose this. And, and I remember just thinking, why, why dad, like, do you not care about me? And, and you know, looking back, I, I was super selfish. I, I didn't want to share him with you. You did me wrong and you didn't deserve grace. I didn't know it was grace, but you didn't deserve it. I wasn't giving it to you. Why would my dad give that to you? And I remember dad left um, the house that, that we were staying at. And my stomach is turning right now the same way because I just, I, I wanted my dad to physically hurt you. I wanted my dad to be on my side. Well, I wanted my dad to be on my team. And my dad is so just loving and loyal and humble and <laughs> not a physical a strong farmer a str strong man yes so i, I don't want to i don't want to paint this picture that he's like this meek and mild man because no. he is a very strong and very strong but but he is he is not an aggressive person at all no and and i, and I remember you know thinking back i'm like i i hope do I want my dad to punch Brian in the face or kick him in the crotch? Like those are my two options. <laughs> did you just say that on the podcast? <laughs> I did. Cause I, I wanted physical harm again. The, the, where my heart was, Brian was, was not in a good place. I, I wanted the physical pain to be put upon you because of the emotional pain I was going through. And, and I remember it felt like forever that my dad was there and, you know, I'm thinking, is he hiding the body? What, what is my dad doing at this point? Um, and I remember just thinking, you know, I, I, I hope Brian, I, I remember thinking, I hope Brian isn't trying to like persuade my dad and lie to my dad about his actions. There was fear, right? I mean, thinking back, like, what is Brian telling my dad? And is my dad going to come back and say, well, you weren't a very good wife, which I wasn't, I, I you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, we both had our faults mm -hmm. to our marriage problems. Um, but man, I remember my dad finally came back to the house and 
I met him at the front door and, and he wraps his arms around me and he says, Shayla, we are not filing for divorce. And I physically pushed my dad back and I said, that's right, dad. There's no we in this. I am filing for divorce. I I can only imagine what that was like for both of you in that moment. Like you waiting at the, like waiting at the picture window Mm -hmm. for the, for the car to come in the driveway for the truck and him walking into the home again. Yes. A friend's home, but in, in essence, in reality, a stranger's home. Yep. Him leaving the home that was your home that you'll never go back to and call it home again. And all you wanting is him to embrace you. Yeah. To give you a hug. To let you know that somebody loves you. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. And he tells... <laughs> and he tells me we're, we're not, not filing for divorce. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't remember on the marriage certificate, like, <laughs> Brian, Shayla, plus Ted. I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode about... Not allowing your in-laws into your marriage, which we weren't the best at putting boundaries at the time around yeah. our marriage, but still your dad wasn't a part of <laughs> our decision making. Yeah. You're like, no dad, there's, there's no we. Yeah. Like, I remember this, I was like, is, there is yeah. no we in this. This is a, like a solo decision. Oh yeah. And the decision's been made. <laughs> I'm done. But here, and so that's your side of it. When I agreed to meet your dad, I never thought... Oh my goodness! Are we going to get into a fight? I, I, I didn't. I, again, I'm not a, an aggressive person either. I, I, I never. It never crossed my mind that we might get into a physical altercation. Yeah. Thank goodness you didn't talk him into like, hey, Dad, when you get there, <laughs> guns a blazing, and you know, give a one-two kick to the, you know, punch to the face and a kick to the crotch. crotch. Is that what you said? Yes. So my my experience that night was much different. So when we, when we got together on that Sunday night, so October 2nd, Shayla was the date that you found out about the affair. It was a Monday. And then October 8th, uh, was that Sunday night. We got together and dad quickly brought up the conversation that we had on the phone about the fear that I had of hell. And and when my grandma passed away and not seeing her again. And, and I said, yeah, dad, I, I mean, that's, this is a real thing. Like I was 29 years old and I'm literally scared of hell this is like this is a real thing that i struggle with and he said well we can end all of that right now and i'm a i'm a doer give me a list give me a task list like i'll cross them off i'll knock them off the list and i'll get them done i get okay tell me what i need to do and i'll never forget shaley said there's nothing you can do except surrender it's already been done for you and i was like well what do you mean he said brian jesus died on the cross for you Jesus died on the cross for the affair that you are in. Jesus died on the cross for everything you've ever done. You just have to believe that he did it for you. Open up your hands and surrender. And here's the thing. It goes back to like, well, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a Christian, right? But that wasn't the debate. It wasn't like, oh, no, don't, don't worry, Dad. I'm already a Christian. Like, I knew, Shayla, in that moment, like, I had never made the decision to follow Jesus. Yeah. I spent three of four years in college at a Christian college. There were years of off and on going to church because that's what you do in small small town Kansas. You just go to church. like. But there was never a conversation that I had with anybody about my faith. 
not with my mom, not with my stepdad, not with any college friends. You and I didn't have that conversation. No. Either one of us. We never like, hey, what's your faith like? We just didn't. I mean, think about that. Like we, you and I as husband and wife never talked about what we believe spiritually. Yeah. It was like, oh, we're just, we're, we're just Christian because we grew up Christian. Like you don't grow up Christian like that. <laughs> well, and, and for me, I grew up with the, the picture of it. It was more rules than relationship. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so why would, why would I want to share my, my spiritual journey with you when I felt like you had already kind of screwed all that up. Yeah. Like, I, I broke all those rules. Yeah. I, I, there's, you were living outside the Christian box. Yeah. There, there's no hope. And I just remember thinking in that moment, like it was a total act of surrender. And so I had prayed, I prayed with your dad, Shayla, I, you know, in that moment on that, in that same broken home that you had left just a few days earlier and we were in the living room and I just prayed this prayer of like, God, I'm inviting Jesus into my heart. Like I'm inviting, like, and that's not a Sunday school phrase, right? Like I think sometimes we think of it like, oh, that's, you know, invite Jesus into your heart. Like. No, like, Lord, I'm inviting you in to, to be my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Again, I believe that Jesus died for kind of like humanity. Like, okay, he just, he died on the cross and whatever. Like, that's just, just if you're a good person, you go to heaven. Well, no, the reality is like, in order to, to be in, to, to be welcomed into heaven, it's, it's inviting Jesus into, to be the Lord and Savior and, and, and to follow him. And, and in that moment, when I, I said that prayer of like, Lord, I'm inviting you in, I'm in. I'm surrendering my life from this day forward. I will follow you. The weight that was taken off my shoulders is indescribable. Hmm. It was like somebody had their foot on my chest. I, like I was laying with my, with my back flat on the ground and somebody was standing on my chest. And when I say, when I said that prayer and meant every word of it, it was like that foot was lifted and I could breathe for the first time. Like I had lungs, I had air inside my lungs for the first time. So when I read things in the Bible, like second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Like that was, I mean, I lived that. And for the first time, like I could breathe and, and we embraced and, and, and I remember going back up to the kitchen and, and we sat around our, our dining room table and I shared with him about the abuse, Shayla, you know, I'd gone 17 years without telling anybody. And within six days I tell you and I tell dad. And he looked at me and he put his arm around me and he said, I'm sorry. It was the first person that had ever said they were sorry that I'd went through that. And again, I think for him too, it was like this puzzle piece that he, you know, we've all put a puzzle together and that last piece is missing. Like, where's that last piece? Like, mm -hmm. is it, did it fall on the table? Like under the table? Is it in the box still? Like, where's that last piece? That was the final piece that he finally put in the puzzle and he, and he, and it made sense to him you know, those years of pain that he could see in my eyes, it was because of the abuse that had been eating at me for so long. And, and he, he said some things to me that I'll never forget. He said, Brian, this is just the beginning. Like you said this prayer, but you are going to have to reprogram everything. You're, you're going to have to get new friends that are Christian friends. You, you need to get in God's word and start reading the Bible. You need to read Christian books. You need to listen to Christian music. You need to eliminate things in your life that are suffocating you and fill things, fill your soul with things that will build you up. 
he said, you're going to have to be willing to get rid of, to, to lose your boat and to lose your family and, and maybe even lose Shayla through this and to lose your job. Like, and it wasn't like, Hey, you have to go quit your job tomorrow. It was, you have to remove all of these things from the pedestal. All of these things, all of these things that you have been idolizing for so long, you have to put Jesus first. And he, and you know, we had dogs at the time. And so he said, think of it like this. You've got a black dog on one shoulder and a white dog on the other shoulder. He could have used the angel and devil, right? <laughs> but he used the dog illustration. He said, you've been feeding that black dog for so long and it has made your, your soul dark. It has blackened your heart. You have, got to, you have got to stop feeding that dog and you have got to start feeding the white dog and feeding it with light and feeding your life with light. And, he, and again, he said, this is just the beginning. And, but for me, it was like, this is new birth. Like all of a sudden, all of the weight was off my shoulders. But again, this wasn't about a marriage at that point. No. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, he didn't come over to try to save our marriage. No. He came over because he, lo- he saw a lost soul. And so for the listener that is out there and you're going, man, I, it, where am I? If I die today, where am I going? Are you saying you're a Christian just because you grew up? quote unquote, a Christian, like nobody just, you don't just, you're not born a Christian. You don't grow up a Christian. You have to make a decision to follow Christ and be a born again believer. And so that's my, that's just our challenge and encourage encouragement to you today. Like just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. And for some listening need to, to hear that today and they need to make a decision to follow Jesus and, and have that rebirth that I did to where that foot can be lifted off your chest and you can breathe for the first time and all that weight can be off your shoulders. And let me tell you, it, it is the, it is the best decision I've ever made. It was a, it, it's, it's a better decision, Shayla, than make, making the decision to marry you or, or a job decision over the years or whether we should have kids or not. It is the most single important decision that I've ever made. Mm. But again, th- then dad left. Like it was like we had this great night and I basically shared with him everything and then, okay, I got to go back eight hours to the farm. (laughs) And he said, you know, we'll stay in contact. We'll, we'll talk through this. And, um, we didn't talk about you and I, I mean, dad didn't come over to talk about our marriage. It was strictly because of, he knew that his son was lost and it, and if you've been around church for a long time, and if you're familiar with the prodigal son story, it was the prodigal son story. It was a father who was concerned for his son who had squandered everything. The prodigal son story talks about uh, a son who and he took his inheritance and he squandered it and he found himself jealous of the pigs because they were, he, he was with the pigs. The pigs were getting fed and he wasn't. He was starving and, and he made the decision to go home and, and the father welcomed him home. It's in Luke 15. I would encourage you to go read it. But Shayla, that, that was, that's my story your dad was waiting for me to come home yeah. and he looked at me and he hugged me with open arms and he said, welcome home. And then he left and he went back and gave you that hug and <laughs> pushed you away and said, we are not filing for divorce. Yeah. Beca- it, but you had no idea. I had no idea the, what had the happened. Evening. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I remember dad telling me, Hey, Brian surrendered his life to Christ. And again, growing up in a, in a strong Christian home, I, I knew you're like, probably, what, what does that even mean? I mean, like you knew what it meant, but you're like, yeah, I, I mean, I knew that, you know, 
I, I knew that you had, had made a decision, okay, to, to uh, at that time, maybe change your ways. I'll, I'll, put, I'll phrase it that way. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm sure, Dad, he'll, he'll tell you whatever you need to hear, you know, for, for him to look better. And, um, and I remember Dad saying, hey, you know, I, I know we have a tough decision to make about these divorce papers that are just days away from expiring, but but we're going to pray about this situation. And um, I, I do not think that we're going to proceed forward with divorce papers at this time. And I remember thinking my dad was straight up crazy. Um, yeah, it was my dad. Well, he could, but he could also drive eight and a half hours and be home and yeah, go he wasn't his, living yeah, in go this do hell. his farming thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, you had to wake up in, in the reality of that you had a cheating husband. Yeah. And I remember he, he left that next morning and again, his, his warm embrace, right? I'll never forget it because it, it, it felt like love. It felt like what I needed at the time and him, him just looking at me deep into my eyes. And he said, we're going to pray about this. We are going to trust and I love you. Bye-bye. And, and and I remember thinking, don't leave, Dad. Like, you've got to fix this. And, and and what I wanted him to fix was ending our marriage. Like, I, it was even more confusing now because here I am. My head is spinning. My dad's telling me, don't file. I'm saying I'm done. And and I and and I go I go to work. I I go about my my business and. I remember the next couple of weeks, you know, my, my dad would call me almost every day. Just, Hey, how are you doing? My mom would call me. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. I remember I had started some counseling and, um, the counselor was preparing me, um, how to be successful on my own. That's what our counseling um, sessions look like. You know, what does it look like being divorced? How do I get my finances in order? And and that was the type of counselor that I was going to. Um, and, and I remember my dad would tell me like, hey, I talked to Bri today and, and he's doing really good. And it made me angry. It made me bitter. Oh, what? Brian's doing great. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm over here just sinking in quickstand. I'm, I'm preparing my, my life, um, as a divorced person, um, getting my finances in order because again, I didn't want any of the money. I didn't want any of your dirty money. I, I wanted, I wanted out. And, um, you know, my dad would just keep calling. Hey, I talked to Brian today and he, you know, he's going to a counselor and a great Christian counselor. And it's, you know, it's going really well. And I remember starting to, to this, this buildup of anger that every time my phone rang and it was my dad, I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear how great you were doing when, when I was, <laughs> I was suffering. Well, and, and I was doing great. That's, I mean, that's, what's so crazy about that time. I should have been, the world would have said that would have been the most difficult time of my life. I just, you know, an affair had just been found out, uh, or on the flip side, like, Hey, that, this should have been the best time. Like, Hey, divorce is going to happen. It's what what I wanted a year before when I said, I don't love you. I don't want to be married to you. I want out. 
but I, I had peace, mm-hmm. supernatural peace yeah. that I can't explain except that it came from this new relationship that I had with Jesus. I, I was reading God's word. Like you said, I, I had found a Christian counselor. I wasn't worried about you and I, because at that point I didn't, I, I, I really didn't think we would probably make it, but I was pursuing this new relationship with Jesus that was blowing my mind. Hmm. The peace that I was experiencing. Yeah. Like it wasn't gimmicky. It wasn't like, it was so authentic and real. I didn't, ever want to look back I had I had I remember I had we had some friends show that were that had invited us to church and I had been going to that church for a couple Sundays again we'll talk about it we'll do our church story another time we're we're over an hour now into our podcast on part two but uh we'll do our church story at another time in season two but I, I had attended this church and I, I made the decision that I was going to meet with the pastor. I didn't know why. <laughs> Again, I think it was like, I kind of remember like Catholics go and they confess to a pastor. I think maybe that's like what I'm supposed to do. Again, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I was so, I was, I was an infant in my spiritual, my spiritual journey. So I meet with the pastor and, and he's the one who actually gave me the recommendation to the counselor. He's like, Hey, thanks for coming in. But like, I'm I'm not a counselor. I'm not a counselor. I've got a great guy who, who can pour into you and, 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 and help you exactly what you need. And, and through that, I had bought a, a journal at that church and it had a, an introductory reading plan, a 33-day reading plan. And so I began reading the Bible. And again, these words were coming off the page and I'm just like blown away with this reading and journaling and like writing down my emotions and my thoughts through the scripture and writing out a prayer. And that changed everything that you didn't see coming i had no clue it it had been i mean weeks weeks that that there was zero contact between yeah we're we're it's it's late october by yeah, this point it's it's over like i but i i'm hearing i'm hearing stories from you know my parents on how well you're doing and um the six month mark had already come and gone and i didn't file and I remember my phone rang and looking down, it said Brian. And, and here, <laughs> this is, since this is our podcast and not we're not at a church. Yes. Because <laughs> we kind of tiptoe around this sometimes, depending on the uh, the audience. The audience, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's the um, denominational church, we're kind of careful. If it's like you know, deno- uh, a non-denominational, I'm just kidding. That's a that's a church joke there. But I, I'm still surprised it said my name. Here, here's the joke that we always say. Like <laughs> we always say that I'm surprised it said my name that that it wasn't um, you know a word that started with A and ended with E and I and I don't mean awesome. Yeah, it would <laughs> it would not have been awesome. That is for sure. Um, but it still said my name in your phone. Still, yeah. Okay. Um, and I I was just like, do you uh, think the people just figured out what that what like the joke part was like a word with A and E? That's not awesome. There you go. Figure that one out. <laughs> Don't post that to Insta stories. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Anyways. I'm just trying to get everyone to smile and breathe. Um, Spoiler alert. We make it. We make it. Shayla and I make it. But I answered the phone. I mean, I had two options, right? I could either let it go to voicemail or, or answer it. And kind of wanted to hear, Brian, what you had to say. And you said, hey, I, I, I remember this clear. You said, I don't want to talk about what I did to you. Okay. I don't want to talk about this. Um, 
I, I don't want to talk about our marriage. I don't, I don't know where our marriage is, is even going. Um, but I have a, a challenge for you. And I remember thinking, are you, are you kidding me? The last thing I want to do is be challenged by you. (laughs) And you said, um, would you be willing Shayla to read the Bible and journal with me every day? And, and, and you even kind of told me like, this is how the journaling would go. It's, it's not a lot of scripture reading. Um, you know, write out your, your scripture, your observation, um, your prayer, um, and and how you, you know, it was scripture observation, how to apply it to your life and and the prayer. And I don't know why (laughs) I really don't know why I said, uh, sure. And I know why I know why, because God was fighting for us. Yes. Absolutely. Looking back yeah. now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I know yeah. what you mean when you say like, I don't know why. Like, I, I get that. But yeah, looking back, like. It, we, we had, we had people, my parents, their small group, they were on their knees daily praying for us for, for restoration. Yeah. And this was a breakthrough. And a huge break breakthrough. And, and I remember saying to you, Brian, sure, I'll, 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 I'll accept the challenge. And I remember getting ready to put some guidelines on it. However, but before I could even get my, what, what I wanted out of it, you said, perfect. I've already emailed you the, the reading plan. And, and I remember Brian, you said, Shayla, I, I would like to talk every day about our scripture. I don't want to talk about our marriage. I don't want to talk about what I did to you, but I want to talk about scripture. And again, I, I, I can only give credit right to God of, of me saying yes, because reading scripture, um, the thought of reading scripture was painful for me because I was not in a place where I wanted to come before God and, and one be humble, right? Like I had created my own God. I had created my own power that I thought I am never going to let anybody ever hurt me again. Yeah, pain was your God. Pain and, and a wall. I had built this wall around me so thick and so high that, I mean, nothing was going to get to me. And, and, and I remember thinking, all right, God, I, I know you're real. I, I grew up learning about you. But almost that challenge, right? Like, if you really are real, you're going to have to work a miracle. Mm-hmm. And and I remember reading scripture, and, and we laugh about it now, but, you know, I, I too had to dust off a Bible. And, you know, I'm like, I don't even remember the books of the Bible. Is that the Old Testament, New Testament? But I did remember in the Bible, it talked about beheading. <laughs> and I wanted that scripture so bad because I remember thinking, when I get to this scripture, it's going to say it's all right to chop off the head <laughs> of somebody who has hurt you. Um, but but what what started to happen, Brian, it was, was remarkable. Um reading scripture, you know, it, it took a while for, for my heart to start to soften. But, but what happened during these weeks of reading scripture together and talking for maybe 15, maybe 30 minutes ab- about the scripture, um, 
I realized that at, at some point in my life, probably when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, at a vacation Bible school, I, I had I had given my life some, to Jesus. Some altar call and altar call, all yeah. the kids line up and they all go up together. But But I realized I was not following Jesus. And it was reading scripture that I realized that I needed to repurpose my life and let go of the hurt, let go of the pain, let go of everything that I was holding on to so tight as, as a blanket of protection that I thought was protection. And I had to let it go and say, okay, God, if you are real, mm-hmm. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, and it, it's still at this point in my life, none of this did I ever think we were getting back together? Right. But like, I, I love what you say though, but you know, I, I made the decision to follow Jesus, but you had to repurpose. Yes. Like that is so powerful for the listener who says like, well, I, like you, like maybe they gave their life to Jesus at some point as a young child or through high school or through a difficult season in years past, but they've been, they've walked away. Yeah. I thought I was too far faith. gone. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought Jesus died Almost the same mentality I did, like kind yeah. of like for humanity and yeah. like, like in the box, like again, Jesus died within this box and what scripture did it, it, it softened your heart yeah. to understand that he died for you yeah, and died for me. Right. I mean, cause there yeah. was forgiveness that had to take place. And, and I remember thinking, you know, Brian would say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to counseling um, tomorrow and I, ah, I'm going to counseling too. And, you know, we were almost at the very end. Uh, for for counsel, counseling for me, we were almost at the very end of walking through how to um, successfully be on my own. And and I remember thinking, this is not fair. Brian is is healing. Brian is healthy. And, and here I am. I, I'm, I'm starting to heal, but I'm still really hurting. And, and Brian, I remember you said, hey, I'm, I'm I want to invite you into coming to counseling with me. And you know, our, our counseling, our counseling experience was not good, right? I mean, we were, we were, um, both in positions where we wanted the counselor to find fault. Yeah. In, we in talked about that. Yeah. We talked about last, last week, like but, we tried counseling in the, in yeah. when we were going through some, you know, some, when we were basically separated and it was bad. It was like just wanting justification. We wanted to share our side of the story. We even had counselors tell us like, why are you even here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just get divorced like, and be over with. You're a beep and you're a beep. Like he, basically you know use vulgar language to describe both of us and then said you just need to be divorced be, be done like yeah. that was our and again if, if you've gone through counseling and had that experience don't let that jade your experience yeah because like you said the counselor i went to and his name's jerry jerry provides from grace counseling we've got his information listed on our website he's one of our great resources that we provide but i mean it was phenomenal yeah it was i i, I was growing and i was experiencing things that I wanted to share with you. Again, anytime in life when you have something great, like, oh my goodness, we went to dinner at this great place. Well, you want to share that with your friends, right? Like, yeah, hey, you need yeah. to go check out the new restaurant. Well, I was experiencing something awesome and I was sharing that with you. Like, hey, you need to check out this counselor. Yeah. Because I'm I'm growing, I'm loving it. And money for me has always been an idol. I still struggle with it. I think part of that's growing up with a single mom of like, hey, we, you kind of hoarded money. Like, oh, it's our money. We're not going to give money out. We work hard for it. We keep it. And for me, like counseling 
before this experience was, was oh, why would I pay somebody $75, $80, an hour? To tell us what to do. Yeah, and a stranger that I have <laughs> yeah. no idea, like, this isn't going to do me any good. Like, but all of a sudden, with Jerry, it was like, hey, Jerry, here's my pen and checkbook, right? Fill, <laughs> fill in the numbers, whatever you want. Again, it wasn't about the money. Yeah. It was about the growth that I was experiencing and and, I, and the homework that Jerry was giving me. And I would share that with you. Like, Shayla, oh my, here's the homework that I'm doing. And you were jealous. Yeah, it, it was hard. You're like, wait, I, I want homework. It from- was it was, it was was hard, again, because I I was preparing a life of being single. And, and you were just growing in your faith. Mm-hmm. And and I remember you inviting me to come to counseling. And, and Because, thinking, again, our conversations daily were not about our marriage. No, no. And when, when earlier when you said, uh, when I called you and I said, I don't want to talk about our marriage, it wasn't because I was avoiding it. I just knew we didn't, that wasn't the time or place to talk about what had happened. Yeah. I knew we would at some point, if that's where our marriage were, needed to go. But for those calls daily, it was about the, about the journaling. And you're right. I invited you to go to counseling with me or to, to meet Jerry. Yeah. And you had some hesitation with that. Oh, I mean. Because I'd already had a relationship built with him. Yeah, walls completely up. I mean, I, I went in just thinking, well, he's already gotten Brian's side of the story. And and I did counseling for an hour. Brian did counseling for an hour. And then we would do an hour of counseling together. And I mean, look about three hours of counseling. That, Twice a week. That Jerry, I mean, bless his heart. Because I, I remember just letting Jerry have it and just telling him like, I'm sure you've already heard how horrible of a person I am. And, and he, he was just like, that's, that's not why you're here. And, and I remember telling Jerry the very first day, I'm not here to reconcile a marriage. Like mark that down. Like we are done. I'm, I'm done with Brian. I don't trust him. And, and I'm done with, (laughs) with people in general, Mm -hmm. because again, I did not want to be a, a a vulnerable person of ever getting hurt, whether it was from a friend or another relationship, whatever it might be. I, I was not going to get hurt. And, you know, for the listener out there and thinking back to that Christmas tree, Brian, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. And, and it was a lot of hours of counseling. And, you know, I, I remember making the decision, Brian, of, of moving back home. Well, I, but even before that, I mean, think about the forgiveness that we had to go through. Oh, yeah. That's, just, that's part of the hard work. The hard work. And and because I don't, I know we're, we've gone long here, but I, I don't think we should cut it short because of the importance for the listener who's gone through an affair, for the wife or husband who has been hurt, who their marriage was destroyed, their dreams were shattered. Like forgiveness has to take place. Absolutely. And it has to be two ways. We have counseled so many couples over the past five years of our ministry. Some have made it, some haven't. And here's the thing. If, if both of you are not all in to make it work, it won't work. You know, people want to say, well, Shayla, what did you do to fix Brian? I, I wish I could, for the listener out there going, oh, what did, what did Shayla do to fix Brian? I wish I had that answer. And, and I, I do. <laughs> um, his, his name is Jesus. And but for, but in our relationship, Shayla, for to, in order for it to work, you had to understand it wasn't all me. Yeah. Yes, I'm the one that stepped out. Yeah. Yes, I'm the one that gets the attention of the story because I'm the one that had the affair. But the reality is our marriage wasn't healthy. No, not at all. 
And that's a 50-50. Yes. And, and again... And again, and I'm not pointing fingers like, oh, I did this because... Because there's yeah. no justification for, for stepping out. So, again, if you've stepped out and you're like, well, I, I had to because I wasn't receiving the physical, you know, the, the, the sexual needs I had, or I, I wasn't receiving the, the emotional needs. None of that just, just, none of that is justification. It yeah. doesn't justify you stepping out. Yeah. But you had to take ownership in your part oh, of, of our marriage as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the hardest part is, is forgiving because I remember thinking, Brian, if I forgive you, I'm forgetting what you did to me. Mm. Like I'm kind of giving you that free pass, right? I mean, again, it was learning how to let go of, of what I was trying to control and and let God handle the situation. And I remember sitting in counseling, screaming, literally screaming at the counselor. What if it happens again? I was a fool once. Mm -hmm. What if it happens again? And I, I remember my counselor and also a close mentor said, what if it happens again, Shayla? Is your God not big enough to handle wow. this? That's so, that's so powerful. And, and so maybe you're listening to the story and maybe that is the phrase that you need to hear, right? And yeah, maybe you've tried to get over an affair and for some reason there's just still this tension. There's still this this wedge between you and your spouse the uneasiness and maybe it is maybe it's that control yeah of of that what if you know because i think when you let go of that you had to let go of the of the power and the control because if you held on to the forgiveness you could say like oh well if he does it again i didn't forgive him the first time so screw him yeah but the moment you said i forgive you Mm mm-hmm you let go. And, and again, it's, it's a, it's a choice, right? And it's, it's a choice followed by an action because I could have said the words, Brian, I forgive you, but never shown you grace. Yeah. Right. And so, um, for forgiveness, forgiving you, Brian was for my benefit. I could have held on to it for years we, we would have continued on, but it would have been that, that cancer, right, in mm-hmm. my soul of, of, of harboring, holding on to something that was eating at me and not allowing me to, to love you 100%. And, and I remember thinking, but I, I don't want to give him that free pass. I, I, I want to hold on to this. Because if I forgive him, does that mean I have to forget Mm. what you did? And I remember the counselor saying, that's part of your story. This is all part of your story. You're never going to forget what happened. Well, because we're not, we're not a hard drive to a computer. We're not robots. Yeah. Yeah. And you just reboot it and you wipe, wipe the hard drive clean and, and you start over. Yeah. But you can forgive. Yeah. And, and that was, I remember that moment of, of releasing right releasing that stronghold of okay i'm uh, really that was like that first big leap of faith for me okay god if if i'm going to forgive brian you're calling me to forgive brian 
because I'm forgiven. And, 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 and I had already been forgiven because of Jesus uh, on the cross. Yeah. Like it, I'm going to take this big leap of faith that you are going to release me from all of these harsh feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's putting in that hard work. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not throwing the Christmas tree away, away, not throwing the marriage away and rolling up your sleeves and going, Let's do we're going to do whatever it takes yeah. in, in, in to, to, to salvage this. Shayla, defining moment for us while we were still separated. So many defining moments, but another one, I had invited you to go to Houston. We live in Kansas City, and I invited you to go to Houston to a marriage conference. It was a love and respect to a ministry that, that has been dear to our hearts. You had unintentionally left a book. Uh, last week we talked about your parents were sending us books and DVDs and everything to try to, to fix our marriage when we were going through some the darkest times. And, and you had left the love and respect book at our house. Yep. And I had picked it up. It was one of those things like when dad said, hey, you have to you know start reading Christian books. I picked that book up and I couldn't put it down. And and I was like, oh my goodness, this all makes sense. And it talks about Ephesians 5.33 where the husband must love his wife and the wife must respect her husband because there's a difference between love and respect and how as men we desire our wives to respect us. I uh, encourage you guys to check out their ministry. We'll put, we'll put uh, some of the information in the show notes. But uh, I had found out that they had a conference in Houston and we were separated. And I asked you, I invited you to go to Houston with me. And you remember what you asked me? I said, oh, did dad put you up to this? Because I'm thinking here again, like... Because um, we were separated. We were, we were separated. going through counseling. Yeah. And and I was not ready, not ready at all to... To go on vacation? Uh, I wouldn't quite call that my <laughs> ideal vacation. Um, but there was a lot of fear, right? Well, I, we hadn't I spent was... any time together outside of the counselor's office. No. We drove, I drove, we drove separate yeah. to the counselor's mm-hmm. office and yeah. we left separate. You went back to our home. Yeah. I went back to the friend's house. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I remember thinking again, like, really, should I really be doing this? And, and again, I'm, I, I want to, I want the listener to understand. I, I had a lot of people telling me and giving me worldly advice Mm -hmm. and here I am reading scripture and talking about you know forgiveness and grace and that that God is fighting for my marriage and the worldly people were saying you're young you don't have kids there's like no strings attached once a cheater always a cheater forget him you're better off without him but I kept going back to scripture and saying like God if you're fighting for my marriage, I, I need a miracle. And, and I remember Brian, you, you invited me to this weekend and I'm thinking, uh, what do I do? Like, what is the world going to think if I say I'm going to a marriage event with my soon to be cheating husband, ex-husband soon to be, yeah, soon to be ex. and it was a risk. And, and I went against what the world said for me to yep. do. And I remember thinking, as as we got on an airplane, am I a fool? Mm-hmm. And the whole time thinking, I am a fool. I am a sucker. I am a fool. This is a facade. I am going to be... I'm going to be so ashamed that I, I gave you another chance. And again, we're in counseling. I want you guys to understand, like, we're in counseling, but this is the struggle that, that I was going through, Right. And, 
and thinking it would have been easier just to buy a brand new Christmas tree this year <laughs> than to, to replace over a thousand lights. It would have been so much easier to throw away our marriage that was gross and nasty and messy than, than, than to put <laughs> roll up my sleeves and, and put the hard work in because I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. And, and I, I went... Uh, well, yeah, and, and when we when I asked you, I I paid for your ticket, and I told you I'm getting a hotel room with two beds. Yeah, you were because of again, this wasn't about. I wasn't trying to trick you in anything. I just I was so impacted by the book that I thought this would be a step for us. Yeah, on the path of healing, and we went, and we were both blown away. Again, we went in like yes, you went in with reservation, but I think God also had you with an open heart yeah into that into that environment well and i i just remember thinking you know going through those sessions that weekend of oh that 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 that's us mm-hmm. oh like I, I totally see how i completely disrespected you brian like i i wanted i i on purpose disrespected you because i didn't know it i didn't know that's how god had created men yeah but it, I, I knew that that's where the, the punch to the gut happened. And, and I knew I wasn't loving you. I was waiting for respect in order to love you. Sure, instead right? Instead of... the Well, I will respect you when... Mm-hmm. And, and they even used that phrase. And I remember thinking, oh, so that was, that was... I mean, God was really revealing to me that this wasn't all your fault. Yeah. Like, it, it was a great eye-opener and just a a really tough pill to swallow of wow yeah you know yeah well you make you make a good point with i think back to that season those weeks and we didn't have many people in our corner you had we had your parents small group praying for us we had your parents believing in us we had jerry believing us but like you said your friends and coworkers are telling you you're better off without him again i i grew up in a broken home where when things got tough, you just got divorced multiple times. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of encouragement on my side of, Hey, fight for this. You, you can make it through this. But when we went there, it was an eye opener of, wow, yeah, look what we've missed for the first seven years of our marriage. And, and we left there holding hands. We left there holding hands. And I remember we, we, we left and we holding hands, we got into the car and I remember calling my dad and I said, hey, dad, guess what? We are coming home. Mm. And I remember he was. That's all we had to say. He was quiet. We are yeah. coming home. And the emotion mm. that he had, he, you know, he was choked up and he said, that's an answer to prayer, Shayla, because we are not giving up. And it, it didn't mean it didn't me saying, you know, we are coming home didn't mean that it was over it didn't mean that it was going to be easy from this point forward because I still had a lot of anxiety and and I remember packing my stuff back up from from my friend's house and thinking am I making the right decision am I going to get hurt again is is this right and I remember driving up into our driveway and the garage door opened up and you were standing there welcoming me in 
and the fear just blanketed me. I mean, it just overcame me and I just kept thinking, what if, mm, Yeah. what if? Oh, I mean, there's, there's so, there's so much. I mean, it, again, we, we still were in counseling for more weeks. Months. And, and, and oh. I, re- I remember finally, it was one of our final sessions and, and we were going to schedule the next week. And Jerry looked at us and said, nope, we're not going to schedule next week. We're like, okay, well, like, are you booked up? Like we'll schedule the next week. He's like, nope. He said the next time we get together, it's going to be for dinner. Hmm. And he said, you guys, you don't need me anymore. We got fired. <laughs> <laughs> we got fired from counseling. <laughs> it was a long journey, Shayla. Hard. And to the listener, it is worth it. Every minute of it, it and, is worth it. And we want to to share a phrase with you that we still use. And if you've if you leave this podcast with nothing then listen to then this is the phrase you need to leave with and to remember Shayla we always say but look where we are now mm-hmm. and that simple phrase yeah we went through some junk yeah it was gross yeah it was painful yeah it was hard to to go to counseling and it was hard to to put those lights in that Christmas tree it was hard work but look where we are now yeah and that is such a powerful phrase for anybody who's been through anything, married or not, right? But look where I am now. It uh, doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean we forget. It does mean we've forgiven, but we wouldn't trade a thing no. because of what we have now. I wouldn't trade any of it, Shayla, because our marriage now is stronger than it ever would have been if and, we wouldn't have gone through it. And Brian, I I, I sit here and I, and I listen to our own story that. <laughs> that that we went through and we are so passionate about other couples that are walking through the messy mm-hmm. right now right because we have been there and and we have felt what they feel and and i i i'm so deeply passionate about helping women get on this side of 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 an affair or this side of being hurt because it's, it's look where we are now. And, and it's not a spotlight for us, no. but it's a time of reflection. And, and I think that if you're going through the storm, it is so hard to reflect, right? It, I, I think about the reflection pool, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see the beauty in it. But when you're you're in muddy, murky, gross, nasty water, you don't know what's ahead. You don't even know what's underneath. But that's where I, I, I and we, I could, I could say for we, we're so passionate about helping couples because it is so worth it. Don't throw the Christmas tree out. By the lights and light by light, fix the tree. Turn the beauty back on. It's there. The tree's there. Your marriage is still there. It just needs a little bit of maintenance. And and it, it breaks my heart, Brian. It it absolutely shatters me to hear when marriages are over. I get it if you're tired. 
I was tired too. I get it if you want to give up because I wanted out. But I am telling you, if you are listening today and you feel there is no hope, I'm telling you right now, there is hope. You have to put in the, the hard work. And it shatters my heart to hear of marriages over and over and over again that don't make it. Because two people are tired. And if this podcast, if sharing our story can either bring one couple back together, it's worth it. It's worth sharing the hurt that we went through so somebody can have hope. You said it so well about putting in the work. Hitting the easy button on a marriage is not putting in the work. Yes, it's probably easier to walk away. Yes, it's easier to throw it all away. Yes, it's probably easier. But I tell you, it's worth the fight. Because whatever you're going through, you will experience the same problems with somebody else. And if you put in the work and fight for your marriage, you can have something that you never would have imagined. Yeah, it's it's the look where we are now. Look where we are now. Statement. Shayla, we owe it to the listener as we as we head towards the finish line here. We owe it to the listener to wrap up the story around alcohol. Yeah. We've referenced a few times me being an alcoholic. We referenced that alcohol was a major conflict in our marriage. We put some very high boundaries around alcohol once we got back together. Yep. It was no longer drinking alone, so no more drinking on the road for me. That was no more drinking until we got completely wasted and drunk. It was... Very casual drinking with boundaries. A glass of dinner. (laughs) It's been a long podcast. A glass of wine with dinner. Maybe a beer watching the Royals game or having friends over. And we followed those rules. We stayed within the guidelines, within the boundaries for about 14 months. Part of uh, our journey, uh, our faith journey, is we fell in love with Christian music. And I surprised you with a with a trip, with a, a cruise, uh, the K-Love radio cruise. If you listen to Christian music, you've probably heard of K-Love. It's a syndicated radio station all across the country, and they do a cruise every year in January. And I invited you to go on that cruise. It, in essence, it's a, a normal cruise during the day. You have excursions, and then at night, the entertainment is Christian concerts. And it was a it was awesome. We the, the lineup was amazing. Oh, so good. <laughs> we 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 uh, we flew out of Miami. Flew to Miami and we, we, we sailed out of Miami down to Key West and Cozumel. Well, one of our days on the cruise, it was a, a snorkeling adventure, an excursion. And I, I remember reading about it, Shayla, prior to uh, going on that on that excursion. And it said it had an op- open bar. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be on this excursion with like a boat full of Christians, right? Are they going to be drinking? You know, I had no idea. And we get there and we get on the, the catamaran and, and we start sailing out to our snorkeling spot and, and it was an open bar. 
and we were drinking all the way out to our snorkeling spot and we snorkeled and and uh the drinks kept flowing on the way back and we were sitting on the front of that of that catamaran and remember the bartender was walking around asking us if we you know he was taking drink orders well i decided to go back to the bar myself and get drinks for us the problem was this i would take a shot of tequila i would slam a beer and i'd bring back two margaritas for us and i did that a few times because i knew if the waiter gave us drinks that you were counting how many drinks we were having but if i could sneak off to the bar you had no idea what was happening at the bar i got pretty ugly pretty quick yeah as we tried to get back on the uh, the cruise ship standing in line with the other 3,000 people, I was very intoxicated. The old Brian had, had snuck back in. And earlier I referenced when you came home on the day that you found out about the affair, the pain in your eyes, it was the same look that you had that night. What was your thought on that day? Again, am I a fool? Hmm. I trusted I'm stupid um, and then um, I would say my emotion went to I I I hope we left you in Mexico um, because I was not bringing you back home um, again just like a, a life that was deceitful because I had the old Brian. I had the exact same amount of drinks as you had. You thought. That I thought. But I, I, I knew, again, it was, it was being sneaky, going behind my back, lying to my face. Um, and, and, and I didn't, I did not want to finish this vacation with you. Yeah, the, the pain that you had, we, we got back on the on the boat, and there was a concert that night, and uh, it was Jeremy Riddle, and we had waited all week. It was like the last night, I think, of concerts, if I if I remember right, and remember, we had, we had waited so, I mean, we were so excited. He was like the one artist that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. We were so excited to see Jeremy Riddle, and I remember like, telling you, or asking, hey, are we going to go see Jeremy Riddle? And you were like, no way. No, no way. Because again, the pain that you had, like the, all the memories came back and, and you were, you're probably thinking like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. Like you said, I've been, I've been tricked. Yep. I've been deceived. And I remember going down to the concert and it was a really small venue. It wasn't like in the big auditorium spot where most of the concerts were. It was like a small bar with a low ceiling and he had a, it was a a short riser. He had a, a bar stool and an acoustic guitar. There was no lights. There was no band it was just him with his guitar singing to a small a small crowd and I was I was leaned up against a pillar because I was so drunk you know the boats going back and forth because of it was a cruise ship but yet I'm also extremely drunk and so I'm I'm dizzy and I'm leaned up against a pillar and I hear that voice again in my head that holy spirit voice of God and I mean Shayla I I just remember thinking like how, how disappointed I was because I had hurt you again. The The pain that I saw in your eyes was the same pain when you found out about the affair. So here I'm thinking, like, what a fool I am. 
And I remember thinking, Shayla, as I was just sitting there listening to Jimmy Riddle, I was like, I was just praying like, like, God, you have got to take this from me. Mm. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. And um, Jimmy Riddle was singing the song Sweetly Broken. And I, I, love, I love the lyrics uh, to Sweetly Broken. It says, at the cross, you beckon me. You draw me gently to my knees. I'm lost for words, so lost in love. I'm sweetly broken, wholly surrendered. I remember listening to those words like, like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so lost. Like I'm, I'm broken again. It's, it's just what I remember thinking. Like I'm broken again. I remember God, the voice I heard and God said, Brian, you gave your life to me 14 months ago and I'm so grateful you did that. Like, I'm, I'm just so grateful you did that, but you didn't give me your addiction. Hmm. Like I remember hearing that you didn't give me your addiction. And he said, leave your addiction at the foot of the cross and I'll take it from you. I'll bear that addiction for you. And so I just made the decision. I, I said, God, I can't do it. And I put a stake in the ground and said, God, I'm giving you my addiction to alcohol. And again, just like those words of at the cross, you beckon me. It was like, God, just like drawing me to him, like begging me, like Mm -hmm. Brian, please, please leave this here for me and I'll take it from you. And on January 30th, in a short month and a half, it'll be 13 years of complete sobriety. I mean, 13 years of not taking a drink. But it, it, it seems like it was a different life. It seems like, um, those, those years that alcohol masked the pain for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was an alcoholic for 10 years and I've been sober for 13. Yeah. I mean, think about it. it, Like you said, like a different, like a completely different life ago. And, and you know, if you heard it in part one, you know, my, my first shattered dream was our wedding day Mm -hmm. and you know, alcohol played a big factor in that, in my shattered dreams. And, and along our journey of almost 21 years, I don't have that fear anymore. No. And, and it, it came with time, right? Well, yeah, it, and, it wasn't like, Hey, yeah. I'm giving alcohol up and uh, yeah, we've been through this yep. before. Right. It right. was the ups and downs of, of an alcoholic. And, and we'll talk about that. Like we're going to, we'll devote a whole episode to that next month in January during season two of, of what's what of is your it, journey yeah. yeah, of like, what's it like to be an alcoholic? What's it like to live with an alcoholic? Um, but I will tell you this, like if you are going through an addiction, alcohol, drugs, medication, pornography, a food addiction, whatever it is, like it healing is possible. Absolutely. Like the, yeah. And I'm not saying that you, you have to go, you, you, I'm not saying like the, the AA or, you know, a, a step program is not needed. I didn't need it. I mean, I, I literally prayed to Lord, take this from me and I was healed. I know there's, I mean, if you may need to, to enroll into a program. Like yeah. you need to, and that might be your next step, but healing is possible. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I, I, it was during, during this time, Brian, when you said Shayla, I, I am, I'm done. I'm done chasing the, the, the liquid, um, bandaid, right. Mm-hmm. Of whatever it was masking. Um, I made the decision too, because yeah. it, it was alcohol had, had such a dark and negative, um, feeling for me 
that it wasn't even worth it. And 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 I I too said, hey, we're a team, mm-hmm. and let's do this together. And you know, for the listener out there, if you are battling an addiction, talk to your spouse about it because we know that it is a incredibly hard if one person is trying to give up something, right? But the spouse is continuing it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I remember Brian, you, you said, um, thank you, Shayla for, for doing this because I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll talk about it more, but there's been some social events that one, we haven't been invited to because yeah. of, of drinking, but, but that's okay because you know, what's more important than that evening out is our marriage is our marriage. Yeah. And, Amen. and, and it's, it's again, those little things that you say no to because your marriage, your spouse is more important than, than, than that night, than that night, than that drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when I, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you did that, Shayla, in, in supporting me and, and being my uh, rock through through that, you know, early in that season of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this up. And, and here's the thing. We'll talk about it more in January. This isn't about like, can you drink or not drink as a Christian? I, we believe, I mean, it's, you can, right? I mean, it's, it's, there's nowhere that says like, oh, if you drink, you're going to hell. I think that was part of that box you lived in growing yep. up. Yep. But here's what I do know. For me, drinking was a sin, a very intentional sin. And so that's why I had to give it up. And we'll talk more about that in January. But for me, I had to give that up because it was it was something that was controlling. It was it was it controlled me. Well, and it was damaging our marriage. It was da- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was that's the the wrap up on the on the on the alcohol part. Uh again, 13 years of sobriety in January. Second best decision of my life was to 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 give that and, and to leave that addiction at the foot of the cross. First, my my best decision obviously was to follow Jesus. Um, our daughter was then born uh, about fourteen months after that, Addison in two thousand nine, and then Kason was born in two thousand twelve. Those two are blessings. That's a whole nother podcast on the <laughs> world that they're changing, the impact they've had on God's kingdom, and then our ministry was launched uh, five years ago mm-hmm. in two thousand fifteen. Uh, again, it's just it's what. It's what God has continued to to bless us and to show to show us and reveal to us, because it, it started with a with a surrender. Yeah, and that's our challenge to you and encouragement to you. Like, what do you need to let go of? Is it control? Is it forgiveness? Is it an addiction? Um, some of you may need, you may need to make the decision to follow Jesus today. Is it like Shayla's story to repurpose your life for Jesus? Uh, we know this podcast was long today, and there's a lot to our story. We warned you. <laughs> Shaylee said the best, or it's gross and messy. Gross and messy. And it's long, but hey, think of it like this. It's like a bonus episode. Yeah. Episode 12, final of, of season one, is, is like twice as long. So yeah. you get like two episodes in one. <laughs> uh, Shayla, I, I'm, I thank you for forgiveness, and I thank you for fighting for our marriage. I thank you for uh, buying those Christmas lights and, and, and fixing the tree yeah. instead of throwing it away. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, I can't imagine doing life without you. Uh, we're better together. Uh, we're stronger together. And uh, being alone, being apart was never part of God's plan. Never. The pain was worth it because look where we are now. Yes. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. Uh, we haven't done this before, but Shay, I just want to pray real quick before we, we say uh, goodbye. Uh, for season one 
and uh, just pray for that that couple out there that needs needs prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for our story, not not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. And Lord, I just pray in this moment, as uh, as we've shared our story today, I pray for the listener who needs hope. I pray for the listener who needs to um, lay down an addiction at the foot of the cross. Uh, we pray for the marriage that needs healing. Uh, we pray for the couple that needs restoration. We, Lord, we know it's possible. Uh, we read in the Bible all these miracles that you have performed thousands of years ago. But we know they're true, Lord, because you performed a miracle in our marriage. And so in this moment right now, we're praying for that couple that needs a miracle. We're praying for that individual who needs a miracle that only you can perform. Lord, we thank you for our story because of our story, we can point others towards you. And so, Lord, we do pray in this moment that there will be a posture of sacrifice, a posture of surrender to follow you. We love you, Lord. We love you for sending Jesus to die for our sins. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, thank you for being part of our community. We'll be back January 5th, Tuesday for season two. Uh, Be sure to share our podcast if it's encouraged you. Uh, Share this with someone who needs to hear hope. Uh, Share this with someone who needs to hear that God is still in the business of doing miracles. Give somebody some encouragement today. And uh, we will see you and talk to you in January. Any final words? No, I just, uh, I, I just feel, uh, you know, God, God is pushing me to, to say this. If, if you are listening, um, or if you are listening and you know, somebody, um, reach out to, to, to Brian or myself. Um, you know, I, I think we have a mentoring program, Brian, that again, you and I, Brian, we partner with couples, um, to help them and, and, and we'll go on a seven week journey journey with you. With and, you. and again, we'll say it all the time. Marriage is hard, but, but it doesn't have to be done alone. Right. And, and again, if, if you, if you've heard our story and you have somebody in mind, or if you've heard our story and, and you're needing encouragement, reach out, um, We would love to partner with you and, and help you with this journey. Because again, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. Just like Jerry was there for us. Yes. We want to be there for you. Yeah. We want to help carry the burden that you have. And, and maybe, you know, even if it isn't about your marriage, maybe it's about an addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, um, reach, reach out. We're here for you. We believe in you and, and we know that God will work miracles. It's a good word. Uh, that 33 day reading plan that Shale and I went through that we shared with you that we did while we were separated, uh, that is available on our website. Uh, just go to anguishhearts.com slash hope. And, uh, we will email that to you. Uh, we'll also provide another resource, uh, that can help you through some difficult times. Uh, both of those are free. Uh, so go check those out. And we also have journals for sale on our website, uh, because we know the power of, of scripture reading and the power of journaling. Uh, If you uh, would like to pick up a a journal or two for you and your spouse, uh, you can go to our website and find that, and uh, we'll send those to you as well. It could be a great Christmas gift. Yeah, you just got to (laughs) hurry. We'll try to get in the mail to you quick. Got to hurry. Or it could be a great birthday gift. It could be a great January gift. Yeah. How about that? A new year. Yeah, a a new new year's gift. gift. There you go. Uh, Connect with us on social media. Make sure you like us, follow us, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. 
Uh, hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Uh, we will see you guys in January. And remember, we're so passionate about this. Remember, whatever you're doing this week, as a husband, a wife, as a parent, uh, to a friend, uh, a coworker, whatever you're doing, don't forget to be different.